Okay, we're going to do our next to last week of this My Church series. Next week will be our, our last of this series. And we've been talking about this series about the capital C church. What Jesus says, hey, I'm going to build, I'm going to build my church. And he says this um, with some very descriptive things. And we did this as series, as, almost as really as a reminder. Because I think for a lot of us, we're doing these things. But how many of you know you can drift? And you can have the most purest of intentions and still slide off the mark. And so I think what, what I really wanted to do is just help us remember some things. We talked in week one about that we're supposed to be passionate about prayer, people, about pursuing all that God has, about pursuing his power, about seeing healing and seeing miracles. I believe that still happens today. God hasn't closed up shop. There's a theological term called cessationist, and cessationist means that when the last apostle died, that God stopped doing anything, and the rest of us are just supposed to exist. Well, that's silly, because the Bible says that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, so why would he stop? So I believe he hasn't closed up shop. There's some of us, and maybe you, who need miracles in your life, and you need God to move. The good news is he's not, he didn't stop when the last apostle died. He's still changing lives today. And that's why his church is based on the power of God. That we're supposed to be living through his power and is having a life-giving relationship with him is what we talked about last week. We're hanging our hat on this verse in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus says, and I will build, say it with me, my church. One more time, I will build my church. And then he goes on and saying, there's nothing that's going to take me out. That we serve the God who is at the top. There's nobody above him. And he says, nothing's going to take my church out. Sadly, the church in places is being taken out, but it's not because of God. It's because people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and aren't living up to the, to the truth. Because the Bible is clear that there is truth with a capital T. Unchanging truth. I did a whole study when I was in seminary. I had to write a paper on what's called relativism. And relativism is essentially that you can make your truth whatever you want. And taken to the extreme, it means something even this dumb. Is that you can go to a stop sign and say, well, my truth says that that stop sign says go. Well, you can live that way, but what's eventually going to happen? Or if you go to a red light and say, well, my, my, my truth is that that red light means go. You might make it a few times. You might squeak through, but eventually it's going to catch up with you because you're not living by truth with a capital T. And God says, my, my, my church, my people are built on this truth, built on a foundation of this truth, of his word. That's what we're going to talk about today. What the Bible is to us. What it means to me. What God's word means to me. Look at this verse in Matthew chapter 7. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. If you had to pick some adjectives to describe yourself, wouldn't you want one of, these to, one of them to be this? Yeah, I knew, I knew Clint. He was wise. Now, currently, don't get that a whole lot. Maybe that'll change. <laughs> I don't claim to be the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. But that seems like, to me, it's a good thing. Like a person who builds the house on solid rock. It goes on in the next verse and says, Though the rain comes in torrents and flood waters and winds beat 
against the house. Now, let me stop right there. How many of you in life in the last, we'll just say several months, have felt like the floodwaters are rising, the wind's beating, and the house is acting like it's going to collapse? Like life just gets, I'm not saying your physical house, but Melly and I were sitting on the couch talking today, and if you've been married long enough and we're going on our 25th year, you can look at each other and say a lot. Anybody else got that? Sometimes I wish you couldn't because she looks at me and I hear what she's saying and I don't want to hear it, right? But you can look at each other and, and we just looked at each other and we both at the same time like, God, this is getting rough. Like, this is tough. And we never said a word out loud. See, a lot of us are living this. The floodwaters are rising Somebody's banging on the house, the house shaking. If you've ever been in a tornado, Melanie and I, in 1999, was, we were both in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and if you go back and Google it, look, there was an F5 tornado that went through there. And I'm convinced the reason it jumped over Tulsa, Oklahoma, was because I was on the south end and Melanie was on the north end. And she was out in a camp getting ready for a missions trip, staying in tents. I was in the basement of the dorms at ORU, and there was a Tanger outlet mall, much like the one in Pooler. Y'all know how big that is? When the tornado went over, there was nothing left except for the concrete block walls. The roof's gone. All the stuff in the stores are gone. That's how big this thing was. And some of us, I think, are living in this world where we wonder why it's like stuff's just getting pulled out of our life. I want to keep that, God, but it seems like it's gone, or the pressure the, the, if you've ever been in a big tornado, the pressure change is just, in, is, it's like going, if you've ever flown and not been able to pop your ears, but doing it all at once. It's just this incredible pressure. And I think some of us are living under this pressure. But he goes on to say, hey, that house won't collapse. Why? Because it's built on bedrock. It's built on something that you can't go any deeper it's built on something when they build skyscrapers, they run the footings all the way down until they hit bedrock. Why? Because it's not moving. And this is why God said, I need you to build the church, my people, on my word, because that's the only thing that's going to stay stable. Now, we take that today as a, you know, a good religious saying. You know, we're going to build ourselves on the bedrock of the word of God. And it sounds great. But are we doing that? And as a church, I'm going to make this... I don't want to make this promise. I'm going to tell you that my intent, as long as I get to sit in this seat, is that no matter what the world says, we're not teaching anything but what the Bible says. Amen. I'm not changing. I'm not changing terminology. I'm not, cha I'm not changing what the Bible says, and I will stand here. And if it means we get in trouble, then... But at the same point, I'm not going to hate people. I'm not going to talk down to people. I'm not going to belittle people. We're going to follow what the word says. And if people, if it challenges people, then that's what it's supposed to do. But you can do it in truth and you can include grace and mercy in that too. And that's how we're going to live. And if that's a place you want to be, then you're in the right house. If, if you don't like being challenged, then it may be tough for you. But I don't think we're supposed to change. I think it's my job to move us along. So for me, for you to stay on the foundation of truth... I'm sure there's more, but I'm gonna, I, I really narrowed it down to, I think, three verses. I think three verses that if we can, if you can make this bedrock in your life, 
And you don't have to necessarily understand it. You don't have to necessarily be able to explain everything in the Greek and the Hebrew, but I need you to believe it. That if you can settle these things, then the rest of your life will become this immovable truth. And if you don't, I really think nothing in your life and your relationship God will be straight and true and stay steady. Why? Because in your mind, he's always changing. The first verse is this in 2 Timothy. It says that you've been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Now, just out of curiosity, if you weren't, if you, if you just recently came to God or just recently found church and you never were in church, that's cool. But I'm just curious, online in the room, how many of you grew up in some sort of regular church? No matter what denomination, most of us. How many of you can finish this song? The B-I-B-L-E. See? Or, oh, God gave. Remember that one? Oh, God gave Noah the arky arky. Remember that? If I do some of it, we could go through all the veggie tales. Everybody knows, right? We, we know these things. But the Bible's not risen, God's word is not risen above the value of holding the coffee table down. Or now, sadly, it's an icon on your phone. That if you have an iPhone, if you don't use an app for a while, it, it, it tucks it away. And it's sad, but there's a lot of us in life that we're touching that Bible now, and before you can read it, it's got to download it because you hadn't been using it. We're not building on it. So it says, hey, from your childhood, you've been singing these little songs. You've been taught about Noah. You've been taught about Moses. You've been taught about Jonah. You've been taught all these things. And it says when you do, they've given you the wisdom to do something. And that is essentially this. The word says salvation, but it's essentially to say, I'm realizing I can't get to heaven by myself. I need some help. That's what the Bible tells us. You think you're all that in a bag of chips, but you're not. And the only way you're going to get to heaven is by this guy named Jesus. You're going to have to trust that he is who he says he is and, and did what he said he would do. And we're going to have to believe that. It goes on in 2 Timothy 16 and says that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. God-breathed is what we're going to hang on for a minute. That God, the Bible literally says that God spoke through people. I said this, we did a series, you can go look it up online, about the Holy Bible. And you know, men penned the Bible, but men didn't write the Bible. God spoke through them. You want to get into how that happened? We can sit down and talk about it, and we can get in the weeds. But it is, the essence of it is, God spoke, they wrote. They didn't come up with it on their own. Now, does it have their personalities and some, maybe their flavor by the, the guy who penned it? I'm sure it does. But I think God's big enough to figure that out. Then it goes to say, and is useful. I looked for some research, and I, I saw it before, a few weeks ago, and I couldn't find it again. But when asked Christians, now these are Christians who would say, I've been in church, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, traditional Christians that we would be close to, across denominations, there was a huge percentage of Christians that when asked, is the Bible the infallible, inerrant word of God? 
100% no questions asked. There was better than 30, 40% of people who said, I don't know if I can say that. Because they didn't, by saying it, then they had to do it. And if I say it and believe it, then I got to do it because it's truth. And they didn't see it as good for them. But it goes on to say that righteousness, that, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. In other words, it does something in you. If you look at verse 17, it says to do every good work. In other words, God, God's got plans for you. This may shock some of you, but Christianity is not showing up here on Sunday, grabbing a cup of coffee and sitting down. That's part of life. But God's got so much more for you to do than, than occupy a seat. You see, we don't even believe this, that you have to, you've got to ground this in you. The Bible, and we're gonna, you're going to hear Bible is the word of God a bunch. I'm just going to keep saying it till we get it. The Bible is the word of God, and it's good for me. God is good to me. We said this, I think, last week. This is the gospel, as simple as we can do it. Remember, good God, bad devil. Remember, we did it again. Let's do it again. Remember this side, good God. Remember? Come on, devils, you're not doing good. Good God. Let's switch it up. Good God. See, not complicated. But yet, so many of us don't believe it. Or we'll say it. But when we get to scriptures we don't like, like mm, yeah, God, you're messing with my cash now. I don't know about that. Or God, you want me to, to give abundant, like give and serve other? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I can do that, God. That all scripture is God breathe. The, the Bible, the word of God, is good. It's good for me. The next truth you need to settle is this verse in 1 Thessalonians 2. It says, you accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this work continues to work in those who believe it. See, the Bible is not a dead book. Any other book in humankind, the Bible is still by far light years ahead of even paper copies sold than any book ever printed. But if I were to write a book and I print it and or write it out and send it to a printer and they print it and they sell it on Amazon, that book is dead. It's not changing. People can maybe say there's different interpretations of it, maybe look at it differently, but it's dead. It's, it's only applicable to what's between those covers. And it, it honestly can change. But you really need to understand this, that, that every word of the Bible is not only true, it's reliable. It's not only true, it, it works into whatever part of life you may be in or whatever may be going on in your life. That the Bible, the word of God, is completely reliable. There's not a situation where it, it doesn't fit. Look what the Bible says in 2 Peter 1, verse 19. It says, we also have this prophetic message. Don't get lost. People get antsy when you start talking about using that word prophetic. Prophetic just means God spoke it then, and he was talking about something in the future, and it's coming. It's, he's talking about what's coming. We have this prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention as to a light shining in a dark place. 
I don't know about you, but there's some of us that need some light to shine into some dark places in our lives. If you don't believe it, go talk to some teenagers. Go talk. There has been at least two that I know of, depending on who you talk to, just because I have some avenues you don't. There's been some suicide. A precious young guy in Newington not too long ago took his life. If you don't think there's dark places in our little town, you need to get your head out of sand. If you don't think there's people out there who are hurting and just need somebody to send them a text message and say, hey, come sit with me at church. You get free coffee, some halfway decent music, and this guy gets up and acts goofy for a minute and talks about God. And it's fun. Come, come hang out with me. Your kids will enjoy it. Whatever you got to do to get them here because they need to hear it because they need some light shining in a dark place. That until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. All that means is until the day you meet Jesus. Jesus, all through the Bible, is known as the morning star. And that means when, when my heart meets God. My heart meets Jesus. And so you do, it says you'll do good. And it says above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came out from any, any one person. That God wrote and meant every word. Every word is true. Now, to throw another big term at you, there's a term called plenary verbal inspiration. It simply means this. God said every word from Genesis 1-1 to the last dot in Revelation, everything between, is exactly what he meant it to be. He said it. There's not sections that you can pull out, you can add in. That it's, it's not... It was all inspired by God. One version says that, they, that the men who wrote it, this version here, look at this right here in 2 Peter 1, 19. It says, For prophecy never had its origin in the humans, but humans spoke from God as they were carried along by God. In other words, God's power pushed them along and wrote it. I don't know about you, but I, I so need that. I so need to be on God's team so that his, his power is pushing me through. His life is showing up because even I, even we, you know, I think sometimes look at pastors and think everything's sunshine and roses. Well, sometimes no, it's not. Pastors have very dark places in their life too. That it's just, we're human. And I think if we're not careful, we forget that every word I read is the word of God. Because you need to know this. The Bible is not just a book that contains the Word of God. It does. But I can write a book, put the Word of God in my book, and that's a book that contains the Word of God. The Bible, the Word of God, it is the Word of God. It, the Bible it says it's, it's more. It lives. It doesn't just contain His words. The whole thing is God. The Word was with God. And we, we write it off as if it's some, just this book of good sayings. It's, it's this lifeless thing that it just records history, which it does. And most historian, historians have said that the, the Bible is an accurate historical record of the time. But it's not just a historical record. The Bible, the Bible fits. It's applicable in every day, every situation. Let me tell you this. The Bible is not a shoe. I wear a ten and a half, and there's some of you, maybe some guys, who wear a ten and a half. But if, if, if my shoe, that size, does not fit everybody. 
And sometimes even depending on the shoe or the shoe type or the day or how you're doing or you've been on your feet and your feet swole, whatever it is, that shoe may not fit, whatever situation you're in. But the Bible always fits. Now, do I always understand it? No. But I'm telling you, the Bible always fits. I had somebody challenge me one time about they had a problem in their life and um, they said, there's just no Bible verse on this. I'm the only one that's ever had this problem. It's this unique thing that's going on in my life. And the Bible, I, I told him what the Bible clearly says, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. I said, even if you can't find anything else, the Bible says, God, I've seen, that God has said, I've seen it all. You can't come up with something new. That's why I get a little nervous sometimes. Now, I think people do have revelation and they maybe do, God shows them something that's maybe at a different angle. But if you have somebody that's always telling you, especially as a pastor, you're, nobody's ever taught this before, nobody's ever heard this before, then my little red flag goes up because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. You can reword it, you can reposition it, you can maybe reinterpret it, but it's not new. The Bible always fits. Hebrews 4 says this, that God's word is living and active. It's not dead. It's, it's, it's amazing to me, and I challenge you to do this. People say, well, you, you know, the Bible says we don't test God. This is not testing God. This is talking to God about his word. If you have a situation going on in your life, I encourage you. Take a postcard, get something, get your verse, put it on the fridge, and just keep telling you, you yourself, life around you, and the devil who's listening. Devil, this is what my word says. This is what God's word says. Get you a verse. Ask God for a verse. And you just keep looking at it and quoting it until you see it come to fruition, until God moves, works on the issue maybe that you're facing. See, the Bible says God's word is living and active. It's not... It's not taken off guard. This has never happened. Never will happen. You have God the Father in heaven, Jesus the Son sitting beside him. You get up this morning, something happens in your life. I'll pick on Corey here for a minute. Corey gets up today, something happens in his life, and never ever will it happen that, that God the Father goes, Jesus, did you see that? Did you know that was coming? Can you, can you believe what those people in Sylvania are doing? Does that surprise you? Yeah, Daddy, that surprised me. That's never going to happen. Why? Because the Bible says he sees all the way through us, all the way down to where a two-edged sword, it describes us as the soul and spirit meet. Something so infinite, so tiny in us that the Bible says God sees all the way there. Now look what it says in the second part of this verse, that God's word judges a person's thoughts and intentions. We have trouble doing that with each other. We can maybe think we can weed through that, but the Bible's very clear. No, I can do this. My word is alive. It fits. It, it, it fits into whatever situation. God's word judges a person's thoughts and intentions. And then I threw this verse in for extra. I gave you those three. I'm going to give you this one. But don't just listen to the word of God. This is how, I mean, stop. This is how I know the Bible was penned by men. Some of you ladies will read this and get it. But don't just listen to God's word. You must, what does it say? You must do. Okay, parents, tell your kid, take out the trash. 
They heard it. Does that mean they've been obedient? No. Why? Because they haven't done it. Then why do we do the same thing to God? He asks something of us or he's given us instruction and proof to make us better. We just read that the Bible says all scriptures, God breathed, right? Yet we hear it and we walk out of here and we're headed for grandma's ham, right? We're going to so-and-so's house. We're going to eat and everything. I mean, I will fully admit that this is one area in 24, 25 years of marriage with Melanie that I... I still do. And she, she's got the memory. She can tell me what I was wearing like July 3rd of 2006. She's got that kind of memory. Amen. And if you don't believe me, test her and watch her. <laughs> so there's lots of times where I've said, yeah, I, I heard you, but did you do it? Well, no. Oh, maybe I, maybe I don't remember you saying it. And she'll, like, she'll tell me when she said it. See, that's this, there's a lot of us as guys, we just do that. We don't, we hear it, we don't do it. It's that selective hearing that most of us, it's something over the age of 40, that selective hearing gets a little more intense, right? It's just, I don't think it's, I think it's God-inspired hearing, right? <laughs> but it says you got to do it. That God's word is active. It builds stuff. It generates stuff in our lives. So real quick, and I'm going to do this in 10 minutes. I'm going to go fast. If you want notes, go on to the YouVersion app, find the events, click on our stuff, because all, what I'm about to give you um, is, is there. I'm going to go fast. Because the Bible says this, the other part of that verse, in James chapter 1, verse 22, says, if you don't do it, you're just fooling yourself. You think, well, I don't need to do that. God's not going to hold, God, it's not that big a deal. No, you're fooling yourself. If it's in there, he put it in there for a reason. If he told you about it, he told you for a reason. So I decided I'm going to make me a list. And this is my list. This is no way complete and probably doesn't even break the surface of how the Bible is alive and active, what it means to me. And I promise you somewhere in this list, the light's going to go off. Boing! That's what I need. That, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm going to give you my list. Okay, you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Don't think you're ready, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right, the first thing the Bible brings alive in me is direction. I'm all the time, God, where do we need to go? Even as a, as a pastor, God, do we need to move this service? How do we adjust this service? What do we need to do with the kids? We're full in the kids, the parking lot. What's going on? You know, In my own life, God, I need direction. I need direction for my family. The Bible is alive. Look what it says in Psalm chapter 119. By the way, I'm going to give you a verse for each one of these. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a guide. It's lighting the way. God, when I don't know, I just need to shine my light. I think most of us do that. We walk into a dirt or dirt, a dark room, and we do this, right? We all grab our flashlights. Unless you're hanging out with, like I do, all, all my firefighters and EMS and police guys, and I guarantee you, both of them right now sitting up here have got this. And I've been hanging out with them so long, I never go anywhere without it. But I thought, we don't, we don't do that with God. So just shine the light in front of you. I'll show you where to go. If you want to know where to go, ask the one who wrote the book. He'll tell you where to go. The next thing he does is protection. He protects me. He watches out for me. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true, that he's a shield for all those who come to 
to be protected, to get protection. He's done it all 48 years of my life. There's been times where I needed God to protect me and through no fault of my own. The next one is correction. When you need a smack in the head, God will do it for you. He will correct you. He'll, he'll save you worlds of trouble if you'll listen. It says in 2 Timothy, to all Scripture, corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now, do some of y'all need to know what's right? Well, let me help you. Yes, you do. Why? Because I've seen your answers. And I've seen your Facebook. And I've seen your Instagram and your Snapchat and your Twitter and whatever other thing we can embarrass ourselves on, we all do it. And I'm thinking, y'all need to know what's right, because that ain't right. The Bible says it'll do it. The Bible says it'll do this. It'll build faith. I pulled this out of the, the New King James. I just love the way this reads. This is the way I was raised. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Let me tell you this. You want to build your faith. If anybody struggled with faith, here's a quick and easy solution. When you drive to work, if you've got more than a five-minute ride, Take your Bible app, look on it, you can play the Bible. So for the next week, just hit play. Ride to work, listen to the Bible. Do that for a couple weeks, I promise you. You're not only will your faith will rise, but you'll, be, you'll find yourself in a situation and a Bible verse will pop in your head. Why? Because if you want it to come out of you, you've got to put it in you. That's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? God talk to you. Hear the word of God. The next thing it does, it generates life. I think it actually generates physical life. The Bible says that I've come, Jesus said, I've come that you can have life and have life what? More abundantly. Look what Psalms 119 says. I turn my eyes from the worthless thing, from things that don't bring me life, and God, you give me life through your word. You want life? You want growth in your life? Build it on the word. The next thing it does, it produces change. Because I've said before, we have to move one step from where we are, one step closer to where God wants us to be. That's change. John 17, 17 says, use the truth to make them holy, that your words are the truth. If you want it, God moves me along, he plants truth in my life. I hear it, I do it, I take a step. Really simple. It's not, not rocket science. The next thing, the Bible's very clear that, that my Bible, God's word, is a weapon. You know, we paint God, and a lot of people paint God as this kind of sissy, pansy, no, Jesus was not that way, and God is certainly not that way. But all through the Bible, in this verse here in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, for the word of God, here's alive and powerful. It's, grow, it's moving within our lives, and it has power when it hits our lives, and it's sharper than, than the sharpest two-edged sword. The thing that I think is key about the sword is a two-edged sword, if you've ever seen one, it cuts both ways. A one-edged sword, you swing, and it's only going to cut one blade. The Bible, I truly believe this, that the Bible, the Bible will poke you, we'll just use that term, coming and going. That's how precise it is. That's how, um, that's how what a great offensive weapon it is, what a great defensive weapon it is. And the, the devil knows that. The devil knows the word and knows that when, when it's quoted to him, it's coming as a weapon. That's why I've told you guys before, I've stood at the door of my house and just quoted, screamed out the front door and quoted a scripture because I wanted the devil to know I was serious. 
I was serious about this next one. The word of God does this. It brings miracles. If you don't believe miracles exist today, I'm sorry for you because you're living, you're living here and God says, you can be here real quick. That I know people and some, there's some in this room that had, have, have had miracles. They've walked in and been given, been given the death sentence and they're still sitting here today. And the doctor themselves says, we can't explain it. It's just gone. I don't need an explanation. If I've got something or I'm praying for one of you and you've got something on you and the, they, the doctors say it's going to take you out and you go to the doctor and it's gone, I don't care why it's gone. I don't care what. It's a miracle to me. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8 that, that through his word, he cast out the spirits with what? A word. And he healed all who were sick with what? A word. He told the, he told the, the servant, the, the soldier that came, hey, my servant's sick. And he said, I just, and the servant said, no, you don't need to come. Or the soldier said, you don't need to come. Just speak the word. You speak the word and my, my servant will be healed. And the Bible says that Jesus did. And they got word back and the, they matched up the times when Jesus said it. Healing happened. Miracles happened. That led me on to this one. That he heals and he sets people free. That a lot of us are carrying around baggage. You've been trapped and wounded in life and relationships. You maybe got, there's people, I know there are people here that have church hurt. They were hurt. They left somewhere else, came here because they were hurt. And that God can heal you from that. You don't trust anybody. You're hurt in relationship. You don't trust anybody in, in, a, in a marriage. You were hurt. That God can heal your physical body. That the Bible says the things that were sick were made whole. That if you ask Emma, my daughter, sitting on the front row now, and I'll do it, just, you better get this right. <laughs> we say over her every night, what do we say? That you're whole, complete, and what? See? Amen. Every night. My parents, every night. Why? Because the Bible says in Psalm 107 that he sent out the word and it what? Some of you need to look at the thing you're facing. What I really wanted to say would be appropriate for a locker room with a bunch of guys, but I can't say that. Some of you need to put your big boys, big girls panties on and stand at the door and say, devil, no. That the word says if God can send out his word and it changes things, and it says, and he snatched him from the door of death. Some of you are facing a door, and the only thing that, that you can turn to is the one thing you're avoiding. Look what it does else. It builds character. Again, one step. Relate, Revelation 3.8 says that I know your works. And you have, this is talking to me, and you have kept my word and not denied my name. That takes character. It takes character is what, some, is what people don't see. When you're at home and nobody's looking, character is what people see. And here's God saying, you've not done those things. When you begin to do that, it did this for me. It transformed my thinking. I went from the oh my me to the oh look at me. I'm blessed. I'm, I, I, can, I can be blessed without being arrogant. I can, it transforms my thinking to go, because my nature is probably glass half empty. Because I see it, look, we can fill that much more up in the glass, but it's only half empty. That it transformed me. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, be tra transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test God and approve what it's God will. Then, notice there's a, a then in there. Renew your mind. And God's will is good and pleasing and perfect will. Gosh, I gotta hurry. Here we go. I'm gonna give you all of them. 
Here's the next one. Joy, peace, hope. Jeremiah 15, 6 says that when I discovered your words, they are my joy and they are my heart's delight. Psalm 119 says that you're my refuge and my shield. And your word, say it with me, is my source of hope. You want hope? You're down? Get in the word. The Bible overcomes the world. When things are looking down and your, your life around you, it seems like the, the house is shaking and the wind's blowing and it's piling on you. Do you turn to the neighbor and ask what they do that aren't, isn't living godly, that's not pointing toward God, or do you just read your word? 1 John 2.14, God's words lives in your heart, and you have won your battle with the evil one. Did you know you won? Some of you don't look like you know you won. Some of you look like you've lost and you've, got a, you've been sucking on lemons. You've won. And we need to understand that we as a church, my church, God's church is going to live that way. The next one, it defeats temptation. The Bible never says when you get saved that it's going to be easy. There are going to be things coming at you that you know you need to not be in. Matthew 4 says that Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of my mouth. You need God every day. I've said this for years, and I'll say it again today. I would rather you read one verse a day than read for an hour, one hour, just a month. That every day. Get on your U version. It gives, you a, it gives you a Bible verse. Read it. Think about it. Let it marinate. The next thing, it releases power. James 1, 21 says the word was, God has planted the word in your hearts and it has the power to change you. It's planted in you. You've got it. You don't have to go hunting for it. And then this one, ushers, you can do your thing. Band, you guys, vocals, you can come back. This one's big. This is my lit. This is the one that covers everything. And it comes down to this. When I don't know, when I can't figure it out, this is what I live by. It's my final authority. If it says that something's wrong, I don't try to figure out how to justify it. I just understand that it's wrong. Even if I'm still doing it and dealing with it, it's wrong. God, I need you to help me to change because your word says different. That's wrong. What I'm doing is wrong. That whatever I need guidance and I need to think about it, that it's, it, brings, it brings me to my bedrock. That I'm not going past that. That I'm not moving past that. That Psalm 19.9 says this, that the fear of the Lord is pure and endures forever. That the decrees of the Lord are firm and this is what I think we struggle with. They're right. They're, they're just right. right. Let me ask you this question and we'll, we'll close with this. Anybody don't like to be wrong? I hate being wrong. My daughter Mabel is like me. She hates being wrong. She will not answer you or not play a game or not do something. Not because she's not good at it, because she just doesn't want to be wrong. Sometimes we just got to get this in our head. Bible's right. God's right. I'm wrong. Remember, good God, bad devil. If we just add this one in, God's right and I'm wrong. Life would change Im immediately. Look what the Bible says here. We're going to end with this. You can go ahead and stand. This is Psalm 19. 
The Bible says in Psalm 19 that the fear of the Lord is pure. It's enduring, enduring forever. That the decrees of the Lord are firm and they're all right. Remember, God's right, I'm wrong. Look at this next verse. It says, they are more precious than gold or more precious than pure silver, pure gold, sweeter than honey. Look at this last part. That by them, your servant, me, is warned and rewarded. And it's not just warned, stop, don't, stop, don't, stop, don't. It's warned, meaning, hey, there's something that's going to hurt you in front of you. You need to turn around. Hey, go left, go right. Then on the other side, the reward is great. So you bow your head and close your eyes. God, I thank you this morning that our lives are going to be built on you and your word, this house on your word, and we're not swaying from it. But God, for those in the room who say, I don't even know God. I need to, I need to know God. And the Bible says that about Jesus, if you believe it in your heart, you confess it in your mouth that he's Lord, that he came for you, he died for you, he was resurrected for you, then that's your starting place. And if that's you in the room or you online, it's a simple prayer just saying that, God, I'm sorry, I, re I receive you in my heart, confess it with my mouth. The Bible says salvation is yours. If you do that today, then fill out the card or shoot the QR code and let us know. You can do it right there. You can do it in the privacy of your home, but I, you gotta start the game somewhere. For the rest of you, whatever struck with you today, whatever hit with you today, God, that we, we do it. We do it. God, we move and we thank you for it now. We thank you for it now. Guys, I'm gonna call an audible. I went over and I wanna respect the time of you guys and our people next door. So for you guys in the back, y'all can prepare. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna skip that last, last song. I just wanna pray over you, okay? Does anybody refuse? Good, I'm gonna do it anyway. Because here's what I believe. If you'll take today, start making you a list and start adding ways in your life. Oh, wait, I see the Bible in my life. Oh, wait, I see the Bible in my life. Oh, wait, there it is. It'll surprise you how many things you can list. Go online, get the web, get the, get the notes, get the scriptures. If you can't find verses, shoot us an email, shoot us a message at church, we'll help you find them. And we're gonna go reach people, change their lives while God's changing ours. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes. I'm gonna bless you and then we'll be dismissed. God, I thank you in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the word that you knew we need it. God, you know we need to build our lives on it. That God, we know we get to do more because we know more because we eat more from your word. And God, it makes us stronger and stronger and our relationship closer and closer. And I bless everybody within the sound of my voice, everybody who's traveling that will come back to us safely. And God, we can't wait to see what you're gonna do in our lives first thing tomorrow morning. And we thank you, Father, for it right now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. We love you guys. You can be dismissed. If you need prayer, to my right, your left, we'll be here. We'll pray for you. Please have a great Sunday afternoon.